<clears throat> Good morning, everyone. I hope everybody's doing great. What a beautiful day we have today, right? Yesterday was just as pretty. I really enjoyed some time with the grandkids and time just actually reading in the backyard uh, as well. It was a great, great day to do that. And God has given us another beautiful day today, so uh, we are grateful, right? We ought to be grateful for what the Lord has given us. And uh, today we're going to have a little bit of a tag team sermon. And so uh, we got some other people that will be coming up to help share different thoughts uh, during this message. Uh, but we're going to continue on with the theme that we've had all summer, and that's the theme of transformation. Uh, this is a summer of spiritual transformation. And we spent uh, last month talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, now we're talking about the heart and the battleground for transformation really is the heart and the Holy Spirit is the divine agent of change for all of us uh, when it comes to spiritual transformation. So we'll continue talking about that uh, today. Uh, last week we talked specifically about the heart of evangelism and uh, we looked at, at, at specifically Matthew 18, I'm sorry, 28, 18 through 20 and uh, read that scripture, and some of us quoted that scripture together, and we talked about that scripture together. I hope that this week you experienced a week of, in which your heart was engaged in sharing your faith with other people, because as a people of God, that's part of who we ought to be, people that share what we know about Jesus with others. But I hope that in one way or another, all of us focused in some way on, um, on evangelism. I just have to stop for a moment. Shirley, is this, this is your mom? Is this your mom? <laughs> oh, I just, I just noticed. I, I love you so much, and I haven't seen you in so long through COVID and everything. So it, <laughs> yeah. Shirley can share that. I wasn't going to share that. 98 years young. And yes. So, oh, it just does my heart so much good to see you out with us today. I just love you. Um, so uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, over, I'm overwhelmed with emotion right now, but um, so grateful that, to have Shirley's mom with us today. Um, so back to uh, sharing our faith. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was talking about, right? Um, yeah, uh, whether I hope in some way you thought a little bit more about just sharing with people, whether it's through our focus or, or prayer or actual conversations or maybe sitting down and studying the Bible with people. If you had not memorized the verse, I hope you did memorize the verse this week. Or if you memorized it, I hope that you said it uh, out loud every day and just reminded us of this directive that Jesus gave us. But here's the point that I want to make today. Uh, that's one directive that Jesus gave us, but it's not the only directive that Jesus gave us. Well, sometimes we call it the Great Commission. It's often called that. It hasn't always been called that. It's really been only about the past 150 years, maybe 200 years, that people have called it that. Um, and Jesus never called it that. He never spoke of it as okay, I'm going to give you the Great Commission right now. Because it's one commission among many other commissions that Jesus gave us. It's one directive amongst many other directives. 
And sometimes if we're not careful, we can put the, uh, all of our stock in that one directive and forget other things that are really important, like loving our neighbor. That's super important. Or loving God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's also very important. Or the idea that um, where Jesus says, inasmuch as you've done it to one of the least of these, talking about visiting people in prison and helping people that don't have clothes and feeding the hungry. Those are also directives that Jesus gave us. And so today I want us to think a little bit about some of the other directives and specifically um, the directive of us being united and uh, us being a people, a community that expresses love and concern for each other. Um, but if you, even if you look in the Gospel of Matthew, in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, what do you find there in Matthew's five, Matthew 5 through 7? The Sermon on the Mount. And even there, there's other directives that Jesus gave. You look at the Beatitudes, there's a number of directives there. Or Jesus says there, love your enemies. That's a powerful directive. Turn the other cheek, another powerful directive. He says, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, expecting his disciples to pray and to fast and to give. And he also talks about the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, Jesus doesn't call it the golden rule. That, that is actually a king that did that, wrote it in gold up on his wall, and it stuck. Um, but it is a great directive that Jesus gives us. We need to treat people the way we would like to be treated. But right now, I want to focus on John 17. It's a directive for unity. And in John 17, really, you can look through 14 through 17 in John and find so much about unity in all of those chapters, and especially in John 17. And so I didn't actually think of an assignment for this week, but there's your assignment for this week, okay? Read John 14 through 17, paying special attention to John chapter 17. But I'm just going to read 20 through 24. And it says, I ask not only on behalf of, this is Jesus speaking, actually Jesus praying to the Father. And in his prayer, he says, I, not, I ask not on behalf of these, talking about the disciples that were right around him there, but on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one. So he's, he's really praying for us in this prayer at this point. I'm not praying just for these around me right now, but for those that believe through them, through their word. That's us. And his prayer is a very specific prayer. It's a very, very specific directive that they may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, that I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved um, them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Jesus here prays for unity amongst his followers. And his standard for unity is very, very high. He says, as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, 
may they also be in us. So the same unity that the Father and Jesus have, we are to have. And he also says that they may be completely one or completely united. It's a very, very high standard for unity. And then he also talks about the purpose of this unity. We're not just being unified just to be unified. There's a purpose behind it. And its purpose is extremely important. He says, be unified, be completely one, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And then he repeats that just a couple of verses uh, down. He says, so that, which again, that's a purpose word there, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So the purpose of our unity is not just to be a tight-knit community that gets along. The purpose of our unity is to shine a bright light to the world around us so that people can see that here are people from all, all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of cultures, all different races, all different ethnicities, all people that speak different languages, but we're together, and that is because of Jesus. That is only because of Jesus. There's nothing great that we're doing. It's Jesus and his spirit that is creating that. Unity has to do with the heart. And so if we're, we're talking about this battleground and this transformation to transform our unity, again, it starts with our hearts. Do we have hearts that want to be united? Do we have hearts where we want to be completely one with each other, where we want to build a community? And also, a, a, the community together needs to be transformational. We've talked a good bit this summer about being transformed as individuals. But when we talk about unity, we're talking about being transformed as a community, a group of people together. We are a community made up of people from many different cultures, languages. We have many different likes and dislikes. We are diverse. But what brings us together is our commitment to Jesus as our Lord. And thus, we learn to build community by following Jesus. You know, people are so different, aren't they? I mean, I was talking to my neighbor yesterday, and I was watering my lawn. And you want to talk about just one difference between people is how they take care of their lawns. I mean, you could see such a difference there, and it's a visible thing uh, when you're driving by. But my neighbor, he saw me watering my lawn, and he just said, wow, it's kind of hopeless this summer, isn't it? Which was probably a comment on me watering my lawn, which some people don't like, and the state of my lawn, which he might not have liked either. But you know what? I was trying. I was trying to, um, and the thing is, why was I even trying? It's because I, 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 I don't want to offend. <clears throat> you know, I want, I mean, I, I drive down the street and I don't want to be the only street and it doesn't care about my lawn. Although in the past, I have been that person for sure. And my wife will attest to that, that I have been that guy that didn't mind if it, you know, if, if, the, if my grass is a foot high, it's, it's growing seed and it's good for the butterflies and it's good for insects, you know, and 
uh, yeah, if, if it's dead and brown, yeah, I'm saving water. It's good for the environment, you know. Yeah, I had all the excuses. But I was at, now in my latter years, I'm trying to do something about my lawn. But it's funny because we started talking and, and, uh, and he said, yeah, it's a hard summer. I said, well, your yard seems to be doing okay. And he said, well, my, my yard, I have this kind of grass where it's green all summer, no matter if we get any water or not, but you watch and set in uh, November, it's gonna be yellow. It's just, it's every, I, you, I'll, I drive by green lawn, green lawn, green lawn, yellow lawn. And I've been so tempted to change my grass because of that. And I was, I, you know, he feels the pressure, uh, you know, having something a little different. Um, and he's, I said, well, it must have a good root system to be green in, in, in this dryness here. He said, well, that's the problem is that if I call somebody, I called somebody in and they looked at it and they said, you know, this grass is really good in the summer. It's going to be yellow every winter. And the only way to change it is we'll have to dig it up and your roots are four feet deep into the ground. So we're going to have to dig, what is four feet? We're going to have to go four feet deep, replace all that soil. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm a little taller than four feet. All right. <laughs> Just don't say, well, Steve, it's as tall as you are. No, okay. I'm a little, somebody was out there making that, yeah, motion to me. So I'm a little taller than four feet. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's maybe here, maybe here. <laughs> anyway, he said, I'm not digging four feet of soil up. I said, well, yeah, I, I, I guess not. Um, and then he, he said, but I really appreciate that you're, you're doing your best to take care of your lawn the people before you and then he had some things to say about, <laughs> about the people before me and the way they treated their lawn and their like the backyard was just mud basically it was just uh, it was more dirt than grass back there and every rain it slopes a little bit would go right over into his yard uh, and so he's thankful that I've grown some grass in my backyard and that isn't happening now because of that we also haven't had any rain so I'm not sure uh, if he's totally safe or not, we, we'll, we'll see. Um, but then he made this comment about the neighbor on the other side of me. <laughs> yeah, he said, he said, and your neighbor over there, his yard's green. I said, yeah, I said, it's amazing, it's really green. And he said, but it's all crabgrass. And <laughs> just brushed it away, the greenness of his yard. It's only crabgrass, you know? <laughs> And so I, I came away from that conversation feeling a couple of things. More pressure to keep my yard, maintain my yard, but also, wow, as people, we are picky. We have our opinions. And we have opinions about things that, I mean, it doesn't really matter that much, our yards. But then there are other things where... Um, we have these differences of opinions where it does matter. I mean, some are life and death, and we've experienced that over the last couple of years with race matters. Those, those opinions that people hold in, in that area, they're very important opinions because it is a matter of life and death for some people. And so as a church, we need to be aware that we come together, and I look around the, the community that we have right here, and we bring so much variance, so much diversity. And the only way for us to be completely one 
as Jesus would have us to do, is to have the love that God the Father and God the Son have for each other. For me, I've understand where people are coming from. I've read books, I've attended classes, I'm part of a race university um, group with the ICOT, International Church of Christ Teachers team, and um, I'm the only white guy on that team. Um, and I usually ha go to those meetings and I stay quiet on purpose because I want to learn. That's why I'm there. I'm there to grow. I'm there to learn. I'm there to mature. And I'm really grateful that um, as a group, we can work on these things together. Do we need to work on them? Absolutely. Why? Because we're people. We're people. And if we bicker over things like a lawn, then on important matters, we have even more important opinions that matter to each of us. And so one of the things that our leadership group has done is we've asked and commissioned a, a, a smaller group to come together and just talk about these things, to talk about unity, to talk about transformational unity, to talk about culture, to talk about race, to talk about our society and these things, and then to help us as they talk, to help us to dig a little deeper in this area and learn a little more and all of us grow and mature in this area. And today, I'm going to tag team now, and I'm going to ask them to present some of the things that they've been talking about. Matters that are social, cultural, matters of unity, matters of diversity. And this group is made up of Shirley. So give it up for Shirley. And also George and Tiffany. I should say Jet, George and Tiffany. Yeah, so. Um, and they actually, we had a meeting um, last Sunday, uh, some of the leaders with them, and they went through some of their ideas, and they have some fantastic ideas that they discussed. But they came up with this term that I wish I'd come up with, uh, because it fits so well in what we're doing right now, and it's called transformational unity. And that's our desire, is we want to be transformed, not just as individuals, but as a community. And so I welcome them now to share what they have worked on over the past few months. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so we just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit. So when we were kind of uh, asked to take on this responsibility, and we do take it obviously very seriously. I think a big part of it was that we wanted to make sure that we were talking to the people and the members in our church, just kind of see uh, and get their input. We reached out, we spoke, we we took all these inputs from different people, um, different uh, cultural backgrounds, racial backgrounds, uh, genders, ages, and the responses we got were, like the group, diverse, but a lot of them were also practical. And I think we think they were critical in how we want to move forward. Um, I think 
any type of endeavor like this, you want to make sure that you get as much input as you can from the members of your church, right? I mean, if we want to grow and transform our unity, we have to kind of understand where each of us is coming from, right? Um, so Shirley's going to share a vision statement that summarizes kind of what we felt was like our intent and goal in developing this team. Okay, great. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, great. Good morning. Um, oh, that's thank you. <laughs> so, because of the you know importance of this topic, you know we all agree it's been very life changing for so many of us to be able to talk about equity and diversity and the experiences that we've kind of uh, had in our lives and things that we've watched on TV. We decided that we needed to have some sort of a guiding statement or a mission or a vision statement that would really help us be able to go back and check to see if we are being successful in our goals. And so um, we'll, like I said, we'll use this statement to evaluate our success, make sure that we're focused on our efforts of achieving greater unity in a church. And our goal, like Steve said, is to really try to imitate the heart of Christ. That's the end goal, bottom line. So we base this statement on Ephesians 4, 2 through 3, and we have a bunch of other foundational scriptures that we um, looked at, but this was the one that we all kind of agreed on. And it's be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And our vision statement, from that we were able to draw our vision statement, mission statement, whatever we want to call it. And it is create unity under God, focusing on understanding and embracing our differences by fostering an environment of empathy, education, and growing our shared connection in Christ. Striving to strengthen communities through a devotion to humble and gentle service. And now Tiffany's going to share about how that focus, the focus of the group, group will be. Hello. So, hi everyone, I'm Tiffany. Um, and as George and Shirley said, we, sorry, I'm trying to do this with the baby in front of me. Um, we, we looked at the feedback that we got from church members, right? So we first did that. Then we, we spoke a lot back and forth and just had these discussions um, about like what are, what are the main areas um, based on this feedback and, and our own thoughts that would be the greatest benefit to the church at this time. Um, and so we came to the conclusion that those things are education, support, and community service. Um, so practically speaking, I'm just going to, talk to you. I'm going to read these bullet points on what our vision uh, for the church includes. So first, it would be to further diversity and inclusion training for the church at large. Uh, second, develop methods, strategies to navigate current issues through a spiritual lens. Um, personal education opportunities, so increasing our personal awareness, informing ourselves of the biases that we carry getting input from experts and focusing on bringing in experts that have specialized training and subjects that could be beneficial to the church and creating safe spaces for all to share their hearts while striving for empathy and understanding, increased community service 
um, and showing love for our neighbors. And then lastly, planning and organizing cultural, racial diversity events in the promotion of unity. So along those lines, we're planning on kind of putting together some events for the fall coming up. Um, obviously, we would hope as many people can join that as possible. Um, and again, we, we want this to be collaborative. We want this to be a situation where there's a lot of input. So reach out to us. Um, if you don't have our numbers, uh, grab our numbers. If anything, we could, we could send a, a link out or something to, of that nature. But if you're interested in assisting, participating in any of these events, even just suggestions, again, input is so important. And then I think, as Shirley mentioned earlier, it's Ephesians 4.2. We want to grow in our humility. We want to grow in our gentleness, our patience, our love. And we really just want to have that transformational unity under Christ. All right? Thank you. I want to thank George and Tiffany and Shirley for the energy that they have put into this. They have some great ideas and some great plans, and they are asking for input, and so that's great, fantastic. If you have some input, you can give it uh, to them and see them about that. I also hope that we can um, you know, uh, print this and put it in the bulletin because there are some great points, but obviously it's hard to hear everything and to focus on everything so we can see it in writing. Uh, it'll be a little more clear for each of us and that'll be fantastic. Um, but I just want to reiterate that we're looking for transformation and transformation includes the whole of ourselves. We're talking about transformational unity. We're talking about being transformed both as individuals but individuals that make up a community that reaches out to an even larger community. So all of this fits together. In some ways, this could be called holistic transformation. We haven't used that word yet this summer, but it's, it's a good term. Holistic transformation, transformation includes so many different aspects of our lives that must work together. A, tr a holistic transformation is relational. It involves God. It involves our neighbors. It involves each other in the church. And it, it also involves our very selves. It's circular in the sense that we always keep learning and we always keep growing and we never truly arrive, even though our goal is to be as much like Jesus as we possibly can. So throughout our Christian lives, we're constantly being transformed over and over and over again. Our goal is to keep maturing. And in this way, the specific area is to keep maturing in unity so that with all the diversity that we have, we can be united and be a bright light to the world around us. And so I wanna close the message today by reading once again, John 17, 20 through 24, and then having a prayer together. Jesus says, I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 
The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I and them, and you and me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, dear God, for the community that you are building here with all of us. We thank you, Father, for this summer, which we've been focusing on transformation. Help us, Father, to continue for the rest of the summer to really focus on ways that we can change to become more like Jesus. And Father, we want to give you this project that uh, we've talked about today. We want, Father, to be a group that is united. We want to be able to talk about our differences. We want to be able to see the diversity that's there and understand each other and be there for each other and be in each other's lives. And we also want to be a light to the world around us. So Father, we give you this project. Thank you so much for Shirley and for George and for Tiffany for working on this. I pray, Father, that you will help all of us to invest our hearts in this so that we may be one as you and Jesus are one, so that our unity may be a light to the world around us and people can see uh, the oneness that we have is because of you and because of the love that you have with your son and the love you have for us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and stand and we'll sing one more song.